0: Amen, wow. Let's, uh, let's bow our heads in the word of prayer and pray for our children and ministry to our children. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to lift up our little children, Lord. We lift up the, those that teach right now. Lord, would you bless, bless that ministry, bless the ministry to the children, Lord. May it be truly a ministry from your, your heart, Lord through the teacher, right to the children, Father. May the children go home changed, encouraged. Father, we want to now, Lord, turn to you. We turn to you and look to you and say, Lord, come, Holy Spirit, in this place, teach us from your word, Lord, how to be a peacemaking people, how to be a peacemaking church, Lord. We need your Holy Spirit. Come now and, and open up your word as we look at it and uh, minister to us lord wherever we're at whatever our circumstances, lord you have a word for us today and i just pray this in jesus name amen amen i did not realize when myself personally just to let you know i didn't realize when when i thought well i'll take on this peacemaking ministry and we'll you know we'll bring 12 messages at least and um and this morning as i as i was uh, preparing I, I, thought, I thought what it must be like for a young minister just getting out of seminary, and he gets out of seminary, and he's asked, uh, uh, so what are you going to preach on, Pastor, when you come to our church? And, and he says, well, I, I'm going to preach on love. And, uh, and then I had it in my mind, if you went to that church, if you happened to stay there for 50 years, and you, you went to him, and you said, well, Pastor, what are you going to preach on this Sunday 50 years later? He said, oh, I'm going to preach on love because love is the theology of the Bible. And, and, and the Lord would say, say to me, he said, that's what it is with peacemaking. It isn't a program, it is my word. It's the theology of the Bible. You can go wherever you want to in it, from the front cover to the back, and it's peacemaking. God is wanting us to be at peace with him, and he wants us to be at peace with others. He wants us to be a peacemaking people. And I don't know if you realize this, but sometimes we look, at, we look at this ministry of peacemaking and we think, well, that's for the elders. That's for the leaders in the church. That's who's supposed to take care of those things. Well, I want to say to you today that peacemaking is the, the body of Christ's responsibility. It's the body of Christ. We as the body, that's you and that's me, working together, serving together, looking to Christ, for the right spirit to work with others to bring peace between us and first of all to him it is the responsibility of every single one of us not just the pastor not just the elders for every person in the church we ought to be peacemaking people we ought to be able to get involved let me read let me go to Matthew uh, chapter 18 verse 15 because Last week or the last few weeks, we've been looking at the principle of going to the person we have a conflict with privately. Go to them first. Always be the one to go first. You know, if you get there and that person asks you, well, how many people have you talked to before you came to me? Well, I talked to them like this and I talked to them. You know, to get counsel is good, but to go privately and not having gossiped all over the place prior to it happens. But what happens if, the, if your brother or your sister doesn't listen to you? What happens if there is a conflict, there is sin, and they don't listen to you? Well, the Bible says you've got to take one or two others along with you. And then, of course, if they won't listen to the one or two, then you have to take it to the church. What on earth? How does that work? Well, let's look at what Jesus says, and then I'm going to go over to what Paul wrote in the Corinthians. But Jesus wrote in Matthew 18, 15, If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. And if he listens to you, you've won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Then he goes on to say, and this is attached to this, by the way, what we've just read. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. And then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. So that's the, that's the scripture right there in Jesus' instruction about when there's a sin, when there's a conflict, when there's something going on, he wants you to go, first of all, privately. We've looked at that. Go privately. Make an appointment Make sure you're, you're, you're prayed up, make sure you're prepared. I have asked Todd if he could put up that pause principle, if we could look at that uh, up on the screen. We can get that up. Uh, when you go privately, uh, you, this is a helpful approach to a difficult conversation. Uh, the pause principle is to prepare yourself, to get prayer, to seek godly counsel, to study scripture, to develop options, to plan your remarks. You've really got to think it through because you don't want to blow it. A person may give you one opportunity to come, and you blow that first opportunity. You know, always go back. And remember, this principle of going privately isn't not just a one time. It's a, you may have to go several times. You may have to go first and just do some initial uh, uh, searching, praying, looking, and asking, is the person willing to meet with you? Make sure you're meeting at the appropriate time. Make sure you're meeting in a comfortable place. Make sure all those things. And then affirm the relationship. When we come to church in the morning, when you come here, if, if you're a Christian, we ought to be able to affirm one another and say, hey, look, we are both Christians. We've just sang songs about Christ, and we've sang songs about his cross and coming to the foot of the cross. We both sing those songs. That's where we're both at. We both love the Lord. We know it. I love the Lord, and I know you do. And now, can we affirm the problem? Can we say... Can we talk about this situation that's between us and here's what it is in my mind. And that's what I'm understanding it to be. What is your side? What's your understanding? Trying to find the motivation behind the person. Why is this conflict come up? And then being creative together, searching for for solutions and don't get stuck. You know, bring things up, ask a lot of questions, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Have a gentle spirit and then evaluate those opinions objectively and reasonably so that's the principle that's the principle that that, that peacemaking ministries has put out as a chart that helps us it helps guide us Jesus has given us these instructions right here in verse 16 that if the person will not listen you just didn't win him over if he listens to you, you've won him over it. That means if you're having a conversation and you're mutually understanding one another and you're coming up with some solutions, but if they won't, take one or two others along. And then he quotes the Old Testament where you need, you need good witnesses more than one and every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now, so one of the questions I thought to ask you this morning was, have you ever been asked to come along with a friend to be a witness to your conversation in a conflict they have with a brother or a sister? How many of you have ever been asked that? Would you be willing to come with me? I've met with Charlie, and, and um, I've tried to, to, you know, I've affirmed our relationship. I mean, I, I, he's, my, he's my brother, and, or she's my sister. I've prayed, I sought counsel, I went, and they just wouldn't listen to me. And I don't think it's healthy, and we're both going to church. I mean, I'm on one side of the church lifting my arms and praising God, and they're on the other side of the church, and they're lifting their arms and praising God. But he, not, he, he or she, they won't listen to me. Would you come with me? Have you ever been asked? What would you do if you were asked? Would you get a little nervous? Would you say, well, we're not to judge? Or, you know, I want to get involved with that. What I want to express to you and, 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 and uh, encourage you today is, We are the church, and we are the body of Christ, and we're to work together to resolve conflict amongst us. That is the church body's responsibility. That's what makes a church body healthy. And all of us should be going to Christ to gain maturity and health in Christ and study in his word and his scriptures and all we can to do with dealing with conflict. And then so then when we are asked if we would go, we'd be willing to go we'd get prayed up and we would go, prayed up. But we're not going there to be on one side, we're going there to be witnesses to the testimony of what's going to be happening between the one in, that says, come with me, and the one that's sitting there that has refused to listen. It's important to go in with the right spirit. You go in with the right spirit to, to listen to the testimony of each person. You're, you're, you then become a mediator. And you can go in and you start, you start asking questions of each, per, each person. And, then, and if you want clarification, ask for clarification. And this is how the body of Christ is to work. the work together, to be spirit-filled, to be spirit-led, to be filled up with the Holy Spirit and gentle and kind to one another. You say, well, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, where are we getting the idea that we're a body? If you go over to 1 Corinthians and you go over to chapter 6. Now, we know this in this 1 Corinthians passage. The, first, the Corinthian church had problems. They, they, uh, they had problems following one person. You know, I'm going to follow Apollos' teaching and I'm going to follow Paul's teaching. And, and, and Paul's saying, no, follow Christ. Make Christ the center. And then they're suing one another. They're having all kinds of disputes. And he comes to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 now, I know this has to do with le- uh, le- some legal ramifications, but it also has to do with any disputes that go on in the church. It says, if any of you has a dispute with another, dare he take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the saints? This is the saints. He's to take it to the saints. If you've got a, a problem, sometimes it could be a physical thing. You know, it could be you've... Uh, some conflicts we've worked with is where someone's hired a contractor, you know, to do a job in the home, and he's a Christian man. He's in the church. Uh, you may have had situations where you hire a Christian man. We had a Christian man come out and do a plumbing job. He charged us like three times what we thought he was going to charge us. We ended up just paying him. It felt like it was just... But, and, and we did talk to him. We did address it, and he just said, that's my charge, you know. But maybe it's dig deeper. Maybe you've, you've build a house, and maybe the foundation isn't right. You know, those are some of the disputes that end up going to the court of law. And what he's saying is, as the body of Christ, those things, if you build builders in your church and, the, and and you're the one getting your home built, the body of Christ get, needs to get involved with the dispute. Don't take it to the ungodly. Don't take it out into the world. We're to be a witness to the world of how, it, how we can work things out through God's Holy Spirit, through the word of God, through Scripture, And and through a gentle restoration, been spiritually mature, and work together on it, having witnesses listening to either side and coming up, if necessary, arbitrating the situation, saying this is what I'm hearing here, this is what I'm hearing here, here's what we would say would be the best solution forward. Now in the first case, when the two witnesses are there, there's not going to be an arbitration, it's a mediation, they're just listening, they're trying to get each other, drawing them out, getting them to sort things out. That's, and, but here, it, so it says, do you not know, verse two, that the saints will judge the world? Now you go into Revelation, it says that in the end, when the end comes, we are going to be the judges of the world as Christians. And if you were to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna judge the world, you're gonna judge angels. Can you not judge a case here, some conflict that's going on within the body? Uh, I, no, no, that's not my job. You're the body of Christ. You're the body. I'm the body. Me and you. We're all the body. Do you not know that we will judge angels, he says? How much more the things of this life? Therefore, if you have disputes about such matters, appoint as judges even men of little account in the church. And I say this to shame you. Is it possible that there is nobody among you wise enough to judge a dispute between believers? But instead, one brother goes to law against another, and this is in front of unbelievers. The very fact that you have lawsuits among you means you've been completely defeated already. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves cheat and do wrong, and you do this to your brothers. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then the good news is, this is what, you, what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. This is the body of Christ. Being involved in the disputes that go on in the church. Would you be willing to be involved in a dispute? Let's say between myself and one, another person in the church. That if I had gone and talked to the person and I didn't, they didn't listen to me. I didn't feel like I won them over. I was, it was something that I felt like I couldn't overlook. And then I asked two or three of you, would you be, come and be witnesses? Not to be on my side, to come and listen to our conversation and correct me, correct me. If you feel like I'm the one out of line, listen to all the story, listen to my story, listen to their story, would you come and be those witnesses? Well, you know, I just come here, I don't, I'm not even an, I'm not a deacon, I'm a, I mean, I've never served in a church. I, I, I don't do that. You're a, the member of the body of Christ, and Christ is in you. And we as a church, God wants us as a church to be people of the word of God, people filled with the Holy Spirit, people growing and coming together and praying together and worshiping together, but also, when there's a dispute, to be ready to get involved to help correct and, and, and if necessary, confront. Are you ready to do that? Have you ever done that? Now, sometimes we can hear that. And if a person, if there's one of our church members, and maybe one rises up, and, and like they're always confronting people, <laughs> always, well, there's something wrong with that. You know, somebody feels like they've got to be the spiritual police of the church. We're not talking about that. And that includes me as the pastor. There has to be a, a sense of um, awe of God and a sense of responsibility and a sense of of um, humility. In a sense, when I look at when I look at you, you know, I am the pastor, right? I'm a man, and I and, and I I'm not perfect. In Christ, I am, and I can make mistakes. You know, but but we've got to continually grow. And are we ready to deal with this? If you want to get another scripture, uh, Luke 17, if you want to go to Luke 17, if you go to verse uh, 3, this is Jesus speaking here in Luke 17, verse 3, he says, so watch yourselves, And then he says, if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. You mean I went? I mean, I got prayed up. You mean I saw this sin, and they did. This one did listen to me. They did repent. They changed their mind. They said they're not going to do that now. They're going to. And the next thing you know, they're doing something, and then they come and say, "Well, uh, I repent." All right, I'll forgive you. Well, it gets doesn't it get wearing? I mean, seven times he says seven, because the Jews that back then, if they got to three, that they were you were thrown out by three. And so, so Peter, Peter felt like he was doing pretty good asking about seven times in the, in the previous passage of Matthew. He thought seven's pretty good. And he says, no, no seven times seven. Seven times 70. Seventy times seven. What? I've got to do that? That's the, that the, so in other words, when I said earlier, if we're going to be... We're thinking about peacemaking. It isn't a program. It isn't a plan. It, it, it is scripture. It's theology. It's from front cover to back. But my, my point today is, is that we are the body. And we should all be involved together in this, working together, being willing to go when you're asked, and being ready to go in season, out of season. Go you when you go into these meetings, each one of you would go in with a spirit of submission. Hey, wait a minute, I don't I'm not submitting to you. You ever said that? Who are you for me to submit to? Well, when you when you have uh there's private conversations been had and now you bring in one or two witnesses in. Within that meeting of, of the two or three witnesses and yourself and the other party, there has to be a spirit of submission by all. Not just, not just the person that is refusing to listen, not just the person that's just called you in, but the witnesses as well if you've been called in as a witness. Every one of you needs to because that's what the Bible teaches There needs to be mutual submission. Ephesians 5.21 says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. When we sing about coming to the cross, our submission is to the cross and we're all submitting out of reverence to Christ. And through that submission to the cross, we're also called to submit to one another. Why? Out of reverence for him, out of honor for him, out of glorify him. And it involves the whole body, each and every one of us. We're told if you're called to those types of meetings, uh, Ephesians four thirty-two says, "Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you." I want to encourage you: if you ever get involved as a witness, you need this kind of spirit in you—the kindness and compassion inside of you—and you need to. And, and it is important to be forgiving. Forgiving as you hear this and you hear that. Just as Christ God forgave you. Ephesians 5.1, going, going back before Ephesians 5.21, says you to, were to be imitators of God. Therefore as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Ephesians 4.2 says to be completely humble and gentle and be patient, bearing with one another in love. This is a spirit of submission. And each person involved has to have this spirit of submission for a conflict to get resolved. At least to do the best job you can in Christ to see a conflict resolved. We can't go in there with a bullying mentality We can't go in there with the idea that I I already know they're wrong. If we've been called in to help two people work it out, we've got to listen to both sides, as friendly as we might be with one or the other. We need the spirit of Christ, and this is the church where the body were to handle disputes. That's peacemaking, a spirit of submission. Now, what if you're the person... That's not listening. <laughs> you know? Because sometimes I go at this like I'm the person that's trying to work out the thing, you know, and I'm the person at the conflict, and I'm the one stepping forward. And I'm the one maybe going in and feeling like I have a hard time rebuking people. I mean, I really do. It has to be something real serious. And I hope and pray, whenever that happens, I've got the right spirit. But what if you're on the other end? I've been on the other end, where I'm the one being corrected. I'm the one being confronted. You can't be in the pastorate for very long and not have that, because you're offending people. Sometimes unknowingly. And so, what if you're on that other end? And you've been called, you've been called to go, and you know that there's two or three of your brothers or sisters in Christ from the church. What's your first reaction? Who are, who are they? Who, who do they think they are? I'm not going to share that. I'm not going to. I wasn't listening. I'm not going to open up to them at all. Is that going to be your? Is that going to be your attitude? Now you hope and pray that those who are calling in do have a sense of maturity. They're committed to Christ. They're in the Scriptures. You know, we're not. We're calling someone that we know is is a, a deep walker in God. They're, they've got their own testimony. They've got a good testimony. But what if you're that person to say no, no? You know what? I don't want to meet. Well, what does the Bible say about that? If you're refusing to meet, or you meet with an attitude that's not open to rebuke and correction, well, the Bible's full of full of Scripture. That really is slapping you right in the face, to be honest with you, punching you right in the gut. Let me just give you a few Proverbs, and the the Proverbs, of course. I'm not going to give you the whole verses. I'll just give you parts of the verses. But whoever ignores correction leads others astray. If you ignore correction, you're gonna lead others astray. Now, we're a body of Christ. We're to be ambassadors for Christ. We're to be a testimony for Christ. We're to imitate Christ. But if you're gonna ignore correction, you're gonna lead others astray. If you, if, you don't, if you ignore correction, others around you that are very close to you are probably gonna be like you. He who hates correction, the Bible says, this is one translation, is stupid. Now that's like slapping. Doesn't that get you? Like hitting the gut? You can imagine if you sat in a meeting and said that. You know. You know. I can see you don't like correction. You know you're stupid. Now that's not what the scriptures there for. The scriptures aren't there for to get into that meeting and all of a sudden throw that at somebody. That's where we have to have that spirit of submission ourselves to Christ and have the the the. the the word of Christ so richly indwelling in us and the cross of Christ so before us right in the center of that meeting that we don't just chuck these verses out. But as a body, we ought to study these and know if we're a person that refuses correction, doesn't wanna be a part of correction, would not show up for a meeting, we have to know that the Bible says you're stupid and you're a fool, Proverbs 15.5. And 15.32 says, You despise yourself. Think about that. If you're not a person that can receive correction or confrontation in love through the body of Christ, you actually despise yourself deep in your spirit. Now, that ought to cause us all to get on our knees and pray that if we get into that situation, that's where that forgiveness comes, seven times seventy is to have a, a spirit that says, How did Christ treat me when I was running away from him? He was pursuing me, but he and he was he was merciful, he was patient, he didn't treat me as my sins deserved. He spoke to me in strong words sometimes, but then he spoke to me in love many times. And even when he spoke to me strongly, it was always bathed in love and grace. The Bible also says that. Whoever hates correction will die. You're going to die spiritually. You're already dying. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. Whew. Now the reproofs of disciples in Proverbs 6.23 says the reproofs of, dis- of discipline are the way of life. The reproof, the, the correction, the rebuke is the, way of, is the way of life. It's, it's good for you. If you, if you. As you're reading these scriptures and thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want to be that kind of person. I don't want to be a person that gets that phone call that knows and I'm refusing to meet her. I'm refusing to listen. I'm not even going to entertain some understanding interest and in searching for creative solutions. I'm not even going to go there. Well, then you're a fool and you're stupid. You're leading others astray and you, you despise even yourself. And you... And because you're hating that correction, you're gonna die. You're gonna to come to poverty and shame. That's gonna be the end. But let's 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 at least go on the positive side now. You you finally the Holy Spirit speaks to you about those verses and you say, That does I do not want that to be me. Lord, I want, to, I want to repent of that. I want to change my mind, and I, I want to be a person that's ready to, re- to, to listen to the correction, to at least listen to what they're saying and try to ask questions. to Help me understand what you're actually saying here because it hurts. And it says whoever heeds rebuke is honored. If you heed, heed a rebuke, in other words, you listen to it. How many of you have been rebuked? And it was hard. I mean, it hit you. It did It hit you in the gut. And you went, "Uh, uh, quick to listen, slow to speak. I'm about ready to blow off steam. I better get home. I got to think about this. I got to chew it over. I got to wake up in the middle of the night and pray about it. I get up in the morning, pray about it. I got to get in the Word. I got to go get counsel. And all of a sudden, you realize, there's a lot of truth in what I'm getting rebuked in. Because there's always truth in it. Sometimes it can be inflamed with the person's passion and the person's pain themselves. But when, they, when you get rebuked, you're going to be honored. People are going to look at you. The, the Bible says you're prudent. In, in Proverbs 15.32, it says, he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. And in 12.1, it says you love Knowledge. And in 1017, it says, you're on the path of life. Now, that's the church. That's the body. And that's when a person, we say, I am going to go. And Lord, help me. Because I know this is going to hurt. I feel like it's going to hurt. I'm not, I don't like hearing the truth. I don't, I don't like being rebuked. I don't like being reproved. And especially when there's two or three or four or five there. And they're all like just asking these questions. And they're asking me, I don't like to be asked. I want to go home now. Now the Lord says, no, just, just, just come to me and bow your knee to me, come to the cross. I'm going to give you that right spirit. I'm going to give you a spirit of submission. You'll see kindness and you'll see compassion coming out of these people. You'll see people that are trying to imitate God and I want you to imitate God. And I do want you to turn to Proverbs 1. I wanted, you to, I wanted just to quote those to you. But if you look at Proverbs 1, right at the end of the Proverbs there, And uh, look at verse 30. Well, look at at verse 28, Proverbs 1. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their steams. I don't want to be that way, do you? If you look at, if you look at Proverbs 5, I mean, um, yeah, Proverbs 5. I think I wrote down the wrong verses there. That was, when I, that was early this morning. Let me go to another proverb. Let me see if that's it. Proverbs Proverbs twelve thirteen. An evil man is trapped by his sinful talk. But a righteous man escapes trouble thinking about that group that meets from the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things, as surely as the work of his hands rewards him. And of course, I'll read verse 15, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult, and a truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. And reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Truth, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. The Lord wants us to come together. He wants us to be the body of Christ. He wants us to, first of all, try and go to meet with somebody privately, one-on-one. And if, the, if, if that doesn't work, he wants us to get others to go and there's going to be a crowd. But that crowd needs to be a crowd that are leaning on Christ. With the right spirit. With a spirit of submission. And an open rebuke, always remember, is, is better than secret love. It's better to be rebuked than not have people talk to you. What happens in the church a lot of times is we don't do these We don't have these meetings. We have conflicts, but we don't meet. When was the last time you actually went privately to somebody and said, can I talk? I prayed about this, and can we sit down and talk, and you make an arrangement? When was the last time you did that? How did it go for you? Or do you still need to go? Or you went and, it, and, and you felt like you didn't win your brother or your sister over and it just stopped right there. And right now you're sitting and you've got it in your mind. It's just not right between us. See, the Bible is saying we're the body of Christ and we're to handle dispute, disputes together. We're to be the kind of people that are going to be conformed to Christ and be like Christ. To have his spirit of humility who lowered himself to nothing, even to death on a cross. And God was the one that raised him up. See, sometimes we're afraid to lower ourselves, but we need not to be afraid to lower ourselves because then we're imitating Christ, and Christ will honor that and lift us up. That's not just you individually. That's us as a church. I said we're biting off a lot here. At the end of my career, I could still be preaching on peacemaking. But I want you to go back to this Matthew 18 passage as as we come to a close here because Jesus goes on and says, look, if if this person refuses to listen even to these witnesses, I, I need you to tell it to the church. I need you to tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Now, let me tell you how you treat a pagan or a tra- tax collector. You treat them like Jesus did you when you were lost, and he came to seek and to save you because you were lost. You have that spirit, that, like the late woman looking for the lost coin, like leaving the 99 and going looking for the lost sheep. You know, you you're like the prodigal son, sometimes you have to let that person go out of your fellowship and stew on, on, on the rottenness of their refusal to listen to rebuke and pray that they'll come back in and confess that, you know what, I was strong and I was, I was resentful, I didn't have the right spirit, I was proud, um, and I'm, I'm sorry, I, I repent of that. Has that ever happened? Most times for me, when I've tried to call in two or three witnesses and said, look, we've got to come to a place where we need to involve It's more than me, You know, in my case, many times, if it's a private issue, it will go with the elders. I haven't had, in my mind, I can't recall where I asked for that to happen, where the person showed up. In the situations I can think of, the people left the church. See, I think that's wrong. Now, it could have been my spirit back, you know, years ago. I mean, I was, a, you know... I'm pretty aggressive in a lot of my ways. and my, I'm not so sure that I was so compassionate and tender. I don't know that i had that kind of submissive spirit myself that I believe God wants us to have. God's had to use those things to soften me. But if that doesn't work, take it to the church. And when the church listens, the church begins to then say, well, what can we do here? If, if it's the case that the person's not gonna listen, Jesus goes on to say, and now we're gonna, I'm going to narrow this down because we could take a lot broader view on this, but I want to narrow it down to specifically this particular situation of trying to deal with conflict. When he says, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What does that mean? It means when we submit, let me tell you what, it, what, I, what I see this meaning here is that when, you, when we submit to the body of Christ for correction and rebuke, we're submitting to God's biblical authority, the church, not, not necessarily just the elders, the church body that's to handle disputes, to be spiritually mature, to be full of the spirit of, of submission themselves, that's looking at God's word that's listening to the spirit, that is patient, that is waiting, that is not just pushing and not just trying to pound something or make somebody make a decision. There's a gentle spirit at work here, and through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit of God, the group gets together, and they say, this is binding, that this is our decision. Now you get into arbitration. This is what we've decided must happen in order for this to work. And that's a binding authority. And it's the authority of the church. We don't talk about that a lot of times. In fact, we're too frightened to talk about the authority of the church, because the authority of the church has been abused over the centuries and over the years. Pastors have been bullies and elders have been bullies. They've also been walked over. There's, there's the, the wrong spirit at work in the church and God wants us to have the right spirit. And here at Calvary, I pray that we can have the right spirit that God's wanting to have when it comes to dealing with peacemaking and conflicts. And if we, whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. It's an agreement with heaven. We must be listening to heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, I tell you, he says, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for it will be done for you by my Father in heaven, for where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. What Jesus is saying to us there is that He doesn't he's He's in the midst right here because there's there's more than two or three of us. But there can be two or three of us in my house. There can be two or three of you in your house, and there he is in your midst. And that's where the body of Christ does the work of conflict resolution. And the group that's meeting, five, six, seven people, four people are listening to the Spirit, listening to, the, listening to each side and saying, this is our decision. If it gets to be where the church needs to make a decision. You ever done that? What you pray is, is it gets all that's done Privately. Greatest gift you can give to one another is listening to the other person, listening to their heart, and then asking them questions. So it doesn't have to go to witnesses. But if it does have to go to witnesses, that you have a spirit that's willing to be corrected. You're not going to be a fool or stupid or despise yourself. You're not going to be leading others astray because you're going to be a person who listens. You're going to be a person who's honored and prudent, a person who will be considered intelligent. Loving knowledge, if open to correction. Now, if you're sitting here today thinking, well, I've got a list here for the pastor. I haven't talked to him, and I need to talk to him because there's a lot of correcting need done. Hey, you know what? I'm open. The door's open, and I trust and pray that we could get things solved privately. That's a husband and wife, brother or sister, across the aisle. God wants you to be peacemakers, and he wants us as a church to handle our disputes. He wants us to do it alone first, with witnesses if we necessary, and the church if it comes to that. Let me pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would truly be a body of Christ that works together, that we would resolve conflict together, that we'd be invested in this together, that we would not be people that would refuse to meet, we wouldn't be stubborn, we wouldn't, uh, we'd, be, we'd be open to rebuke, And Lord Jesus, give us that right spirit. I want to read before we finish, before we go to the worship. But I want you to stand. And the worship team, we've got a song to sing. This isn't, I'm not going to sing. But if you would stand, I want to read you some words. And we can still record this, Todd, if you haven't switched it off. But this is, and if you've got a hymnal in front of you, grab a hymnal and turn to 509. Grab the hymnal and turn to 509. I believe this is what I've been speaking about today. It's to have the kind of spirit. And this is what it says. Lord, speak to me that I may speak in living echoes of your tone. As you have sought, so let me seek your erring children lost and alone. Oh, lead me, Lord, that I may lead the wandering and the wavering feet o oh, feed me lord that i may feed your hungry ones with manna sweet o oh, teach me lord that i may teach the precious things that you impart and wing my words that they may reach the hidden depth of many a heart o oh, fill me lord with your fullness lord until my very heart overflow in kindling thought and glowing word, your love to tell, your praise to show. Oh, use me, Lord. Use even me, just as you will, and when and where, until your blessed face I see, your rest, your joy, your glory share. That first line is that spirit that God wants us to have in this church. I believe he wants it in every church. But Lord, when the Lord would the Lord speak to you, so that you may speak in living echoes of his tone the way he speaks to you. And as he sought us, let us seek those who were erring children, lost and alone, having that kind of spirit in us to minister to us as a body. Let's sing.